Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today in our series on Set Apart Living, we're going to be talking about set apartness and social media. Social media has become such a huge part of our lives that it's really important for us to be asking the question, how can we honor Christ in this area of our lives? It's so easy to just sort of do what everybody else does on social media and not really think of it as a spiritual part of our lives. And yet social media has such a hold on our culture and dominates so much of our time and our focus that it's very dangerous if we sort of set it off to the side and say, well, we really don't need to apply our set-apart walk in this area of our lives. I knew a girl one time who had a personal blog, and she used her blog to sort of rant and ramble about anything that happened to be on her mind. And pretty soon, this blog turned into sort of like a personal diary. And she started posting on her blog everything she was looking for in her future husband and all her future dreams. And a young man was in her life who was interested in her, and he definitely was not husband material. He was extremely immature. His motives were not honorable. He had a lot of rough edges that still needed to be polished before he would even be ready for marriage. But he read her blog and he thought, you know, I don't really need to reform my character to win her heart. I can just transform myself instantly into the type of man that she wants in a husband. So he started posting on his blog and on his social media pages every thing that he was and it just happened to match up perfectly with everything she wanted in a man but the sad part was he actually wasn't any of those things he was just pretending to be so that he could pull her into a relationship and the relationship was very unhealthy and the scenario ended in disaster and heartbreak for both of them social media is a very powerful and can be a very dangerous thing if it's not used correctly I remember a girl telling me one time You know, I spend more time on Facebook than I do in prayer in the Word of God. And that bothered her because she knew that she was supposed to be building her life around the things of God. And yet as she looked at the flow of her day, the flow of her week, she realized that she was spending hours and hours on Facebook in very little time in prayer or in the Bible. And I think that reveals how so easily Facebook or blogging or any other form of social media can easily become an unhealthy addiction for many of us. And it can rob our time from what's truly important. A lot of times we lose sight of the fact that social media does not have eternal value. We can use it for things that glorify God. We can use it to post scripture and truth about who Jesus is and encourage other people. But oftentimes we only use it for selfish reasons. And we spend hours and hours and hours of our lives on something that has no real eternal value. And often social media can make us obsessed with showcasing ourselves, airing our own opinions, trying to process through our struggles and our hurts in a public way and talking about our likes and our dislikes and putting a very high value on all the little nuances and details of our daily lives. It can make us way too focused on ourselves and way too focused on what other people think of us. The key truth here is that social media in itself is not wrong, but if we are not purposeful about how we use it, it can become a hindrance to our set-apart walk. So I wanted to share some key principles with you that can help you use social media in a healthy way. And these are things that I have personally applied in my own life 
because I do have a Facebook presence and some different social media platforms, but I've had to take those areas before God and say, Lord, how can these things be used in a way that doesn't just draw attention to me or pull me into the shallow values of the culture, but how can these platforms be used in a way that truly glorifies you? And there are a few things that I feel God has led me to in his word that have really helped me understand how to use social media in a healthy way. And the first one is to avoid idle chatter. Idle chatter is something that you see a lot as you study scripture, and it's important to understand what it is and why we need to avoid it. 2 Timothy 2.16 says, Shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. The term idle babbling here means empty discussion or discussion of vain and useless matters. And that is such an incredibly perfect picture of what takes place on so many social media pages, Facebook pages and blogs and all the rest. Empty discussion or discussion of vain and useless matters. Social media can be a breeding ground for idle chatter, for emotional ramblings, for showing off our own wit and personality, or even for exalting our own thoughts and opinions instead of exalting God's thoughts and God's opinions. Idle babbling is the opposite of the godly, fruitful, eternally focused communication that we're called to as Christians. In Romans 14, 19, Paul says, Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. The word edify means to build someone up in their faith, to promote another person's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, and holiness. So in other words, if we don't have something important, edifying, and God-honoring to say, then we actually shouldn't be saying it or posting it. When we make it our goal to edify with the things we post, the things we write, it changes dramatically our approach to social media. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account of it in the day of judgment. That is a very sobering reality. Every idle word that we speak or write, we will need to give an account to God for that word that was spoken or that was written. And with all of today's modern technology, it's easy to say or write meaningless words without even thinking about it or to think, well, social media, it doesn't really count as what I'm really saying, but it is. It's, it's coming out of our heart. Whatever we write and post is coming out of our heart. Jesus says we must weigh every word that we say, post, and write in light of eternity. So I've learned how to ask myself a couple of key questions. First of all, do these words serve any higher purpose other than to just fill space and sound interesting? Do they honor God or do they esteem the shallow things of this world? I can't tell you how many Christian leaders or Christian Facebook pages I've come across where they're basically filling the page with things that value the shallow things of this world. They're talking about the latest episode of Dancing with the Stars or some new Hollywood blockbuster or some pop song that they really like. It's shallow, meaningless things that have no eternal value, and that's what they're filling their pages with. If our words are hollow and meaningless, Jesus is saying it's actually better not to say or write them. The second principle I've learned when it comes to social media is to point others to Christ, not to showcase ourselves. And when we see the way other people use 
Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook, and blogs, it's so easy to think we need to do what they're doing, which basically oftentimes is just a showcase of who they are. Here's how I look in this outfit. Here's what I had at Starbucks. Here's what I'm thinking at this exact moment. Here's why I was offended by what this person said to me. Here's my opinion on this social issue. And it's all about me, 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 me. It's very dangerous to make a little shrine of ourselves on social media. And also what we do in that scenario is we start to idolize our following and we become obsessed with how many likes we have, how many followers we have, how many people subscribe to our blog and what other people think of what we're writing and posting. Selfies is a great example of how we use digital means to draw attention to self instead of point others to Christ. Even by their very word, it's obvious that selfies are used to promote self for the most part. I really believe that selfies cheapen a woman's dignity and draw attention to self. Now, if you were going to take a selfie and send your, a picture of your smiling face to your spouse or to your child or to your grandma to remind them that you're thinking of them and that you love them, that is a different story. But if you're using selfies just to kind of, you know, flirt with guys and make sure everybody notices you and remembers who you are and sees your face all day long, then you're in great danger of idolizing self and the following that you have on social media and using selfies in the wrong way. Now, this is something a few years ago when selfies first were becoming a trend that I pulled from an online article on webtrends.com, which was basically examining the sociological reasons why people take selfies. And this is not from a Christian perspective. This is just a very factual article of why people are so um, interested in doing selfies. The first reason was to get attention from as many people as possible. It says people like to get noticed on social media and all of those likes and comments from friends are a quick and easy way to fish for compliments and boost one's own ego. And secondly, the article said it's to get a self-esteem boost. The article said many people might upload selfies to deal with their own self-consciousness. And three, the article said, is to show off. It said, it's human nature to want to show off your own great achievements. When you feel good about yourself or look good, it's easy to reach for your phone and document it all through one or several selfies. Now, that's just the world's definition of what a selfie is and why people take selfies. But I think just by definition, we as Christians and as set-apart daughters of the king should be very, very guarded because the world is saying the reason you would even take selfies is to get attention from people, to get a self-esteem boost, and to show off. Think about that in contrast with God's perspective. In Luke 14, 11, Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And John the Baptist gives us such an incredible picture of selflessness as opposed to selfishness when he says, I must decrease, but he, meaning Jesus, must increase. So our goal on social media or in every other area of our life is to decrease so that Jesus could increase. People don't see more and more of Jesus when they see more and more of us. They see more and more of Jesus when they see less and less of us. We need to learn how to get self out of the way so that the light and the nature and the attitude of Christ can come shining through us. Even think about it from the perspective of guy-girl relationships. Imagine those old-fashioned, beautiful Jane Austen types of love stories. 
if the woman in those stories was sending selfies or self-portraits to a potential suitor all day long, just imagine how the story would be ruined. One of the things that makes those dignified, old-fashioned love stories so beautiful is because the woman guarded her mystery and wasn't trying to put herself in a man's face all day long. So the bottom line with selfies is that if you're going to take and send selfies, send it to your spouse, your child, or your grandma, and don't use it to draw attention to self. Look at what you post, tweet, and write. Is your purpose to draw attention to self or is it to edify others and point them to Jesus Christ? The third principle for social media is that we have to learn how to put boundaries around the time we spend on social media. I remember hearing a financial planning expert once say, you know, you need to look at how much you're actually spending on all the different categories in your budget, not just how much you think you're spending on food and clothes and entertainment. Actually write it down and keep record of it because for a lot of people, they're spending more in those categories than they assume that they are. And once they can really look at what they're spending, they can get a better handle on their budget. And it's the exact same with our time. We so often think, well, I'm only spending probably, you know, an hour a day on social media. But if you actually were to sit down and set a timer every time you're on social media, every time you're posting something on Instagram, every time you're texting, every time you're on Twitter or tweeting things, you might be actually really shocked at how many hours of your day or week is being eaten up with social media. And so many of us don't feel that we have enough time for prayer and studying God's word. But if we were to look at how many hours we're wasting on social media, we might be surprised to learn that we actually do have more time for those things of eternal value than we really thought we did if we simply were willing to put healthy boundaries around our time spent on social media. So some of the practical things that you can do. First of all, set a timer and write down the amount of time you actually spend on those things. And if you feel that, you know, I really am spending too much of my time, too much of my daily life on things of social media and I don't have enough time for things of eternal value and I need to cut back, then make yourself a very clear schedule. I'm only going to spend this amount of time in these areas or even cut it out altogether for a season if you need to. And I would highly recommend recruiting an accountability partner who can help you stay on track with those boundaries and those goals that you set for yourself. But unless you put boundaries around social media, it's very likely that you can become addicted to it and you can spend way more time on social media than on the things that truly are priorities in the kingdom of God. The fourth principle for social media, this is especially for you single women listening, is to be aware of digital flirting. Now, I talked earlier about the young woman who used her personal blog to sort of showcase to the world what she wanted in a husband. I think so often young women today, because of desperation, because they're so eager to find that perfect match, that they want to use their Facebook page or their blog or some other form of social media as a way to draw attention of the opposite sex and to kind of engage in this sort of flirting that happens in a digital form. And it's easy to think, well, it's not really flirting because it's happening over a computer or on a phone, but still digital flirting is still flirting. Flirting by definition is an effort to draw the attention of the opposite sex to yourself, usually in a sensual way. In Proverbs 31.12 says that a godly woman does her husband good and not harm all the days of her life, not just after she meets him. So in light of this truth, it's important to ask the question, 
if you wouldn't flirt with other men after you're married, then why is it okay to flirt with them before you're married on social media or in any other way? Because when you flirt with guys, you're enticing and distracting them with your wit and charm, and you're often causing them a lot of distraction and temptation. In addition, you're also dishonoring your future husband and disregarding God's pattern for feminine mystery. So read Proverbs 7, 7 through 12 for a closer look and a very sobering look at what God says about trying to entice men. But we're not going to go into that today. But I will say that in our modern age of technology, we have to understand that flirting is still flirting, even if it's done digitally. So strategically texting guys with teasing and witty and flattering comments and at just the right moments is really no different than openly flirting with guys in person. A lot of young women ask me my opinion about online dating And I really do believe that online dating is another way to cheapen a woman's dignity. Instead of waiting for God to script your love story in his own time and way, you're in this huge rush to take matters into your own hands and you have to create this profile to prove to the world why you're a good catch and why you're attractive and why these guys should want to date you and marry you. It's sort of like standing on a stage in front of a room full of single available guys and doing a slideshow presentation of what makes you so great and why they should be interested in you. This is such a far cry from God's pattern of feminine mystery and of guarding the sacred things of your heart. So my advice is to steer clear of online dating and entrust this area of your life to God. He does not need you to make yourself a beautiful profile and prove to the world why you're a good catch in order to write your love story. And number five, the the fifth principle for social media is to guard what is sacred. I really believe that we have exalted the wrong kind of honesty in our culture today. You're constantly hearing about, I just need to be honest. Can I just be honest? I just need to share this, this thing on my heart. It just, you know, I just have to get this out. And we often use social media as a platform for ranting and venting our emotions, for sharing our very personal struggles, our anger towards other people, and even our intimate thoughts and emotions. And this is sort of like, as I've said earlier, showcasing your private journal to the entire world. You can oftentimes use the banner of honesty to share things that really should not be shared with the world. They should be guarded. They should be taken to the feet of Jesus, maybe shared with a trusted friend or mentor, but not showcased to the entire world. And again, it's the opposite of guarding our feminine mystery when we just blatantly rant and vent about every emotion and thought and struggle and desire that comes into our mind. I love the example of Mary, the mother of Jesus in scripture, because so many things Mary could have traveled all around the countryside and shared with her friends. She was going through something so amazing in giving birth to the Christ child and raising the Son of God. And yet in Luke 2.19, it says that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She had such a sense of guardedness, of guarding what was sacred, not just rushing around the countryside to tell everybody everything she was thinking and feeling and experiencing, but she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And pondered and kept them in her heart means to guard, to protect, and to keep within oneself. And very likely, I believe that Mary's discretion and guardedness was one of the reasons that she was chosen for the sacred task of giving birth to Jesus and raising him. Because she wasn't one to just go blab her thoughts and her feelings and her emotions to everyone. She was willing to keep those things hidden and sacred. 
And that is what God is calling us to as set-apart women. Just because we see other people blabbing their thoughts and their emotions and their desires and their struggles under the banner of honesty does not mean that that is the right way for us to live or to handle social media. In 1 Peter 3, 4, Peter is talking about the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, having a gentle and quiet spirit, if you've ever studied that, it doesn't just mean having a quiet personality. It actually means keeping self-quiet so that Jesus can be seen clearly through your actions and your words. You can actually have an outgoing personality and still have a gentle and quiet spirit because yourself, that loud sort of draw attention to myself, I want everyone to notice and see me, if that is kept quiet, if you decrease so that Jesus can increase in your life, then you're truly able to showcase his nature to the world as opposed to putting yourself out there for everyone to to notice. And so I would really encourage you to look at ways that you might be sharing too much and not showing true discretion and guardedness on social media and learn to follow the example of Mary who kept the sacred things close and pondered them in her heart rather than using social media as a way to vent them and express them. So here are some final thoughts about social media. Think about the fact that God has prepared good works in advance for us to walk in. That's in Ephesians 2.10. So every day he has these good works ready for us to walk in. Even though digital communication has its place, there is a much greater real life daily adventure that God has planned for you. So put down your phone, close your computer, and open your eyes to see the people that he has placed right in front of you today. Don't waste your life in a virtual reality. Live in the real world. Learn the art of face-to-face communication, hands-on gospel work. Facebook and texting and Instagram should never dominate your life. Those things will not last for eternity. So don't build your life around social media. Build your life around Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Set Apart Girl podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to visit setapartgirl.com for more resources on this topic. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.